Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are Merely Role Players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this studio production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories to entertain ourselves and you, the audience, at home. And we use role-playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This is the first act of our first studio production. The studio is where we experiment with new formats, new role-playing games, new genres of story. You don't need to be caught up on anything else we've produced to jump into this production. In fact, each one of our productions tells a complete story. So if you enjoy this one and you want to try something else we've done, just find any episode with Act 1 in the title and you'll be able to jump in there. We release a new act of the current story every other week, and to keep you going through the weeks in between, we release backstage episodes that give you a peek behind the scenes. So stay tuned for one of those next week. For now, though, please take your seats in the studio for tonight's production of Dr. Magnet Hands, Act 1 of 2. Fear Dr. Magnet Hands... hear giggles in the background I'm sorry, I'm sorry this is a merry run <laughs> everybody's trying to be quiet faces for too good so uh in theater in rehearsals and especially in rep there is a concept of the wet run uh which is when you do the show drunk just to have a bit of fun uh, and to try and spice things up when you've been doing the same show over and over and over and over again We've been saying since we started doing Merely Role Players that we should do a wet run one time. And guess what? There's a role-playing game that you're supposed to play drunk. Uh, So we're going to play that today. It's called Dr. Magnet Hands. It's by Grant Howitt. Uh, If you've ever been to the Nine Worlds convention, you might have seen him run it live. It's a shambles. So let's... uh, And it's going to be an even bigger shambles because there's a lot of us playing this remotely in the quarantine Zoom. So, like I say, my name is Matt. I am drinking a first chop red ale. Ellie, can you introduce yourself, tell us what you're drinking, and then uh, nominate somebody else to introduce themselves next? Yes, I will. Hello, I'm Ellie. Um, I'm not a regular drinker, so this could be interesting. Um, And I've chosen a wonderful vintage recommended by Dave. It's the M&S Pina Colada. And I've had one, and boy howdy, is it delicious. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, I'm going to nominate um, Nat. Uh, Hello. Uh, I am Nat, as of my introduction. I am drinking... (laughs) As of today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. For the last few years. Here we go. (laughs) Here we fucking go. Uh, Yes, I am Nat, as was foretold, and I am drinking uh, a Blossom Hill Rosé 
fruity, fruity rosé because I, I don't do grown-up wine or drinks in general. And I nominate Helen. Hello, I'm Helen. I'm drinking some Prosecco and I've been in some merely role player stuff before and I'm usually quite vicious, but I might not do that today. Who knows? I would like to nominate Mr. Christopher Starkey. Hello, it is I, Christopher Starkey. (laughs) (laughs) And I am drinking gin and tonic. And I've been drinking beer and other things (laughs) for at least an hour and a half. (laughs) I'm going to pick uh, Alex. Off you go. Thank you very much, Chris. My name's Alex. I'm currently drinking white wine out of a water bottle, which keeps it cool because I thought ahead like a clever little bunny. don't usually drink white wine, but I thought it'd be fun this time to try something new, a bit different. I'm going to nominate Dave. Hello, I'm Dave. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this popularity contest as well. I am drinking gin and tonic and I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to nominate who's left, um, Strat. <laughs> Hello, I'm Strat. I am drinking gin and tonic from a can. I've had two gin and tonics from a can and some beer from a can. I've gone for cans. And uh, it's Vicky, isn't it? Vicky. Vicky. I choose Vicky. <laughs> I mean, am I just chopped liver? Is that where we're at now? Look, Vicky, you're the only person I've spoken to for six weeks, so I'm not no, going to no. choose you, am I? I'm not mad at you, Dave. Just mad at everyone else. No, I'm, I'm Vicky. I have um, copious amounts of gin and tonic, but also crucially mixing that with a bag of shrimps and bananas. So um, that's foam shrimps and bananas, not the real thing. That would be really strange. Although, hey, it's quarantine. <laughs> get what we can get online, right? <laughs> Make to amend. Make to amend. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that the combination of sugar and alcohol is going to really, you know, create something special here. And that's, that's our crew for this game. So the first thing that we have to do to play Dr. Magnet Hands is we need to write down some stupid stuff. Normally, when you play this all in a room together, you do this by ripping up a piece of paper and writing things on it and putting those pieces of paper in a hat. Uh, We have a virtual hat because we're playing remotely. There are some guidelines about the sorts of things to write. You want about eight things and you want a mix of uh, things that could be interpreted as character names or identities. Uh, Grant Howitt gives the examples, Captain Happenstance, The Butt Wizard, The Furniture Suffragette and Catastrophe Adams. So you want some of those. You want some things that could be interpreted as superpowers or, or abilities. The examples given are Dorfu, Unreliable Flight, Am an Eight-Armed Monster, Not Theft, and things that should, could be interpreted as props or plot devices, for which the examples are things like 13 children's worth of teeth, more cocaine than you can hold in both hands, apples, apples everywhere, or a dog on a string. So... Please try, obviously the point is to try and make each other crack up with these, both when they read them and when they try and use them in in the story we're going to try and tell. So be vague or overly specific, whatever you think is funnier. Please don't make them unsettlingly sexual or about any of us or both of those things at once, especially. Dave. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Dave. (laughs) I just had to delete my first four answers. (laughs) (laughs) Why do they all involve Chris, Dave? (laughs) And I am going to continue drinking while you fill in your forms. Okay. Your compass is useless against me. 
I, I can see Matt carefully listening for the point where he can bring yeah. us back into the, <laughs> yeah. into the game. Just, just to check in, how's, how's everyone doing? Does, does anybody need more time or are we, are we there? Yeah, are we, are we done? I'm done. Cool. All right. In which case, continue talking amongst yourselves while I do a little bit of uh, Google Excel sheet admin uh, and text you all your s- random selection of four weird... Ooh, you need oh, us yeah. to do like hot music for you. <laughs> I was just thinking of doing it like a doom, 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 I'm going to send you four things each. Yes. One thing is going to be your identity. There's no guarantee that one of the four things I send you will actually be something that somebody <laughs> intended to be an identity. You might get like four props. Make one of them your identity anyway, and the other ones are your superpowers. <laughs> cool. And try and like put them together and like think... What sort of character must I be because of these things? Does anybody, is anybody there? Has anybody got themselves a character? We're here, Matt. Can you see us? Can you hear us? Hello. 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 Hello, can you hear me? This is Kim Fandango. Can you hear me? Can you can you remind me, Matt? One of them is our identity and the rest are our powers, yeah? Yeah. One one is your yeah, one is your superhero. Oh, name. there's one I really want to use as my identity, but I'm not confident about it. <laughs> oh do, Ellie, Ellie, I'm imbuing you with drunken confidence. <laughs> I'm gonna try, but I I don't think I'm gonna do it justice, but I'm gonna try real hard. <laughs> do it, Ellie. We believe in you. I don't have I don't have much inspiration <laughs> for my character. Chase the drama. <laughs> you can do it, Helen. Story is king. Thank you for your <laughs> encouragement. AKHR. Oh, I can't even spell at the moment. When can I ever spell? Come on. Yeah, well, we've all read your script, Strap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't, you can't even do puns. Oh, Ellie, you wound me. <laughs> you're, the, the, to be honest, your terrible spelling makes me feel less <laughs> shit about my writing abilities because you're such a good writer. But the fact that you can't spell makes people like, okay, he's not, he's not that, he's not perfect, he's not perfect. And this week's backhanded compliment goes to Ellie Dickens. It's the only way I know how to give them next. <laughs> I um no, I cling to the poor spelling every day. Every day. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I am. I am ready now. I know what I'm doing. Cool. Yeah, take that confidence with which you delivered that burn on Strat and apply it <laughs> to your role-playing. And I'll just gather up the tattered remains of mine <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, do yeah, my best. Yeah, 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 you're welcome. Honestly, it's only when I'm trying to give a real compliment that I give my sickest burns. <laughs> <laughs> Spell tattered, Strat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make him try. <laughs> T. <laughs> Job, you're done. <laughs> All right, in which case, Ellie, thank you for volunteering. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know if you realise that's what you were doing. <laughs> no. What's happening? Can you please introduce your character? You don't have to list off what all the powers are, because some of them should be a surprise. Mm. Um, but just if you give your, your superhero name and general concept and then nominate the next person to do the same. Okay. Do I have to do it in character? <laughs> I would love if you did it in character. Thank you for offering. <laughs> Why am I just putting myself in a hole? <laughs> That's one of her powers. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm uh, 
I'm Jeff Goldblum, and uh, <laughs> I'm here with my chosen weapon for the day. It's uh, Muir Muir the Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a flawless Jeff Goldblum impression. <laughs> oh, Ellie. Flawless. <laughs> salute. I salute you. That is brilliant. Carry on about your business. You now have permission to be as weird as you want for the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to base my character more on Jeff Goldblum or Dave. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it was you that wrote it, though, Dave, right? Nope. Nope. Mine are much weirder than just Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> my, my guess for who wrote it was going to be either Vicky or Helen. But maybe that's not right either. Mm-hmm. It was Helen! Yeah, it was me, yes. I thought, I thought it would be a weapon... <laughs> I, yeah, it's good either way. Like a smoke bomb. The yeah. power of Goldblum compels you. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're doing, though. Thank you very much. So, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, who would you like to nominate <laughs> to introduce themselves next on your superhero team? I'd uh, like to nominate <laughs> my good friend Helen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be doing a voice, particularly because my character is a man character. But I, I'm not. I can't really act, and I can't do voices. That's fine. I don't know what to do. Um, so, so do a voice. <laughs> okay. Shall I do a low voice or a high voice? Do, do a low voice. Do a as low high voice. as possible. As high as possible. <laughs> <laughs> shall, I, shall I try and switch between the? No, I'm not trying. To... <laughs> we yes, want you play to play like a prepubescent boy. boy. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Great. Okay. Lucky me. Um, <laughs> I I am a super static man. And um, I suffer from painful shocks everywhere I go. So I just, I don't walk, I just roll. <laughs> it's a, a truly tragic superhero archetype. <laughs> Who would you like to introduce themselves next? Alex Brown. Um, okay. I am Soft Skull. Um, I, I should introduce it in character. This is just my voice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I'm Soft Skull. And uh, most most of my powers are a novelty. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope they come in helpful later. Um, I feel very sad for Soft Skull. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Less sorry now. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to uh, going to nominate Nat. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Superman. Holy minestrone. That's S O U P E R. Superman. <laughs> Very good. Amazing. <laughs> with with I'm sure very thematically appropriate soup related powers. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> 
fantastic. Oh no, someone else did puns and they know them better than me because that is not one of mine. They know puns better than you. Like pun is a person. <laughs> or, or like there is a finite number of puns to know. <laughs> and they might have learned them all. Dave is only just beginning. When you hear some of mine, you'll know that I don't know puns very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna nominate vicky i am bubble wrap man my entire body was turned into bubble wrap at an accident at a bubble wrap factory <laughs> Amazing. you're gonna be able to keep everybody safe in transit i feel like i'm very vulnerable to popping but <laughs> let's find out Im- imagine hugging him he's just gonna be like pop 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 that'd be great i'd be hugging him all day long oh no the needle is here (laughs) (laughs) that's it i could just be taken down by one swift hug or a quick stamping or a (laughs) three-year-old oh Uh, god not the toddler (laughs) 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 i I nominate starkey well hi there guys (laughs) oh wow 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 (laughs) it's me it's butterscotch cannon (laughs) <laughs> butterscotch what <laughs> I, thought you said, I thought you said butterscotch gavin <laughs> it's me it's butterscotch cannon cannon you know like the big gun that's me <laughs> i don't know who butterscotch gavin is but it's me butterscotch cannon and I'm here to save the day. You have a very sexy voice, Butterscotch. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Don't I just... This is a real turnaround for Starkey. <laughs> I thought you were going to say turn on. <laughs> I think I'll take Gandalf over this. That's a point. Is, is Butterscotch canon an old man? I don't want to judge by the voice. <laughs> oh, I don't think he is. <laughs> he... Hey. I assumed that Butterscotch was beyond <laughs> He's sounding more and more like the, the old guy from Family Guy now. Yeah, the slippery greased up pole one. That wasn't what I was going for. That's where you've ended up. But maybe that's where I'll stick it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pass over the strip now. Bye, guys. I don't know if I can. Oh dear. Um. Okay. Yeah. Here, here we go. Hi, I'm Miss Selenius. Oh, very good. I guess. There'll be some uh, miscellaneous powers that I can uh, unleash later. They they really are. Um, like, me as a person seem to be just a, a pun. But uh, the things I carry with me, they're going to get the job done. This is my friend, Mary Berry. <laughs> You'll find out more about her later. <laughs> Was there a little rhyming couplet in there, Strat? There was, there was, Matt, yes. <laughs> I told you he was a good writer. <laughs> I saw a couplet. The, the rhyming stage of drunk. <laughs> yep. The doggerel stage. Um, Dave, I guess, is the uh, final piece of this puzzle. Oh my God, I'm so sorry I'm here, guys. <laughs> I'm the penguin of constant remorse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so useless. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm laughing so <laughs> I think I just weed a little bit. <laughs> oh. Thank you, whoever did that one. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Dave, for that voice. Perfect penguin of Constant Remorse voice. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compare, except this version of me is sober and in 2021. Circulating in the interval to see who's ready for a glass of water or some hot buttered toast or a prairie oyster. This is certainly one way to start the year, right? Here in England, we're back in a full national lockdown because our government is so desperate to be seen to be on top of things that they keep declaring the Rona over forcing everybody to go to work and school until so many people have got it that they've got no choice but to pull a Yui and send us all home again. A big lockdown is absolutely the right move, to be clear, they just should have done it months ago, and then we might not be in this situation today, where there's not much to do except get merry with friends on Zoom and pretend to be weird, gross superheroes. We actually recorded this during the first national lockdown last year, And I feel like you can kind of tell from the energy everyone's bringing. We were all just in the first flush of cabin fever and just starting to dip our toes into the fuckets. If we did a similar situation today in lockdown 3, I imagine it might get a lot darker. As it is, we mostly just settled for silly and gross. Obviously we had no idea what would be going on this January back when we recorded this, but I hope it's the kind of counter-programming that at least some of you need right now. This is the debut of our studio strand of episodes. The idea of the studio is to let us try new things, show off some different games, potentially debut some different players in between the consistent setting and game of the main house. It's somewhere we can take a few risks, and I feel like recording ourselves getting drunk and then letting all of you listen to it is a significant risk to start us off with. I'm aware that when you're sober, Drunk people can range from seeming pitiful to obnoxious, but I'm hoping that, first of all, the structure of the game is doing a job of keeping us entertaining, and second, the mental state of the average audience member in January 2021 resembles the anxious buzz of being slightly drunk, enough that you can feel like you're with us, not just observing us. The real proof of the pudding is going to be in Act 2 anyway, that's when the effects of the booze really start to kick in. So you've got that to look forward to. First though, a quick word from one of our friends in the actual Play UK community. Then it'll be time for me to call beginners on our first scene. So please take your seats once again in the studio for Dr Magnet Hands, Act 1 of 2. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure, so you can learn about different game systems and content creation, while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform, so come join us as we improvise, adapt, and overcome. 
Fear Dr. Magnet Hands. Every TV screen in the entire world lights up. And on every TV screen in the world is an image, the same image, of a, a, a woman in a white lab coat with a big shock of, of grey hair and some sort of futuristic bionic monocle. Uh, and she raises her hands and you can see that, uh, that each of her wrists ends in a big comedy red horseshoe magnet. <laughs> she announces to the world. I am Dr. Magnet Hands. <laughs> I bet you expected me to be your man because I am a doctor and the patriarchy and because I'm played by a man and because the rules describe me in a man-like way. But I have proved you all wrong. And because of all of that and other reasons, known only to me, at midnight I will crash my radioactive moon rocket cashels <laughs> into the World Health Organization. And none of, nobody, not any kind of superheroes, can stop me. And all the screens go blank. I'm so glad she's Dutch. <laughs> Is she? she? <laughs> totally Dutch. Approximately. Sounds pretty pan-European to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think you've nailed it. And I think her reasonings are strong. Yeah, yeah, let's all go home. I think the patriarchy is a good reason. Yeah. Destroy the World Health Organization, though. We need them at this Inconvenient time. at this moment in time, that is true. No. Good, good message, bad actions. Where are... Can you describe to me your secret hideout of your superhero team where you are seeing this message play out? I'm in the toilet. I think I'm in a penguin enclosure at like an aquarium or something. Wait, are we all in the same place? You're all, yeah, you're all part of the same superhero team and you're all in the same secret hideout. Is it underground? Is it at the top of a building? What is it? I vote the penguin enclosure. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. does still sound good, doesn't yeah. it? It would have a toilet, to be fair. Yeah, the zoo is the cover and I have to live out in the open, <laughs> trying okay. to look happy even though I'm full of remorse. It does the uh, the penguin like pool come apart like in uh, Thunderbirds, and yes. that's how we get out. Like it's not yeah. a ship; it's just the stairs. And Wallace and Gromit. That happens in Wallace and Gromit. Uh, in Wallace and Gromit, it? yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, it does. Yeah. I think my quarters within the base, underneath the penguin pool, look like um, a, a closed-off aisle in Tesco's. Other <laughs> supermarkets are available, where it, it is all the cans on the shelves, and there's like. Uh, fences either end and the, there's a couple of like angry middle-class women trying to get in but they can never get in do you have to employ those people or do they yeah yeah i do i right. employ them to stand there and look grumpy sidekicks uh yeah. miss selenius <laughs> works in the gift shop 
and is surrounded by uh, non-zoo-related articles, uh, <laughs> including several different sorts of uh, pencil eraser shaped as books. Yes. Get in. So do we all need to gather in one place now we've seen this message on different screens around the zoo? I, Jeff Goldblum, am in the epicenter of the headquarters beneath the penguin enclosure, and I took it upon myself to redecorate because it was frankly beige and unappealing and uninspiring. And I have found that the best way to create decor that will inspire action and justice is to include as much black leather and reflective surfaces as possible. I am reclining in a lazy boy, and I have found that the, uh, the big button, the big red button next to me, can be pushed in order to summon the rest of my team to the area. Oh, God, Jeff! I'm so sorry! I forgot <laughs> that Magnet Hands was a man! <laughs> well, hi there, guys! Why don't we come to the Butterscotch Cafe? <laughs> come and have a meeting about what we got to do. I think we need to get to the meat and potato soup of this plan. That's right. I saw the, the Goldblum single, uh, symbol come. I, I've come here with a selection of literature from other miscellaneous London attractions. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. I, I haven't finished wiping. I'll uh, I'll <laughs> Perhaps you would like some of this literature to finish the job. Oh, there's an awful lot of it, and I'll take the literature as well. <laughs> Once you are all gathered together, there is on, there are only moments uh, before uh, you don't even have time to to sort of greet each other and start formulating a plan before your hideout is shaken by a a, a sort of a drilling kind of sound. Like a like a pneumatic drill coming from one of the walls, uh, and through that wall, that wall collapses in a cloud of masonry, and through it strides a figure in a uh, a long flowing mumu type thing uh, with the head of a woodpecker, and you can <laughs> see that they have woodpeckered their way through the wall of your hideout. I am Captain Woodpecker Face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, guys, I'm so sorry. This is probably my fault. <laughs> you will never defeat Dr. Magnet Hands. Oh, birds of a feather. <laughs> we have come to ensure that you will not even try to defeat Dr. Magnet Hands. And stepping also through the breach behind Captain Woodpecker Face is a kind of geezer-looking uh, fellow, and he's sort of ducking and diving all over the place, uh, never standing still. Yeah, and oh, I'm Dick Dodger. And <laughs> I'm also here to tell you that you'll never defeat Dr. Magnet Hands. What are you going to do about it? Um, I would like to have my pet inspect Dick Dodger, please. My pet is the beard of Tennessee Titan CEO Steve Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> so he sort of goes over... <laughs> and has a little sniff around and comes back and can't communicate any answers because he can't speak. He doesn't have a mouth, it's covered by beard. <laughs> exactly, yes, exactly. Through, through a weird form of, of interpretive beard dance, 
the, the beard of Steve Underwood communicate <laughs> that that Dick Dodger will be a, a challenge to defeat because Dick Dodger <laughs> is wearing compression shorts that have been used for 13 10k races. <laughs> Guys, I've I've got I've got this. Don't don't worry. Um, using uh, a sharp, hardened nose. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take on the the woodpecker-faced man. That sounds like yeah. the perfect duel. Fighting fire <laughs> with fire. No, he's fighting a woodpecker-faced man with a sharp, hardened nose. Is it is it your sharp, hardened nose? Is it on your face, or are you wielding it? Um, <laughs> yes, on my face. <laughs> So a sort of nose-beak duel ensues. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, woodpecker-faced man, lion stronger than you. Does he move faster than he talks? <laughs> I've, I've got lightning reflexes. Just not to your mouth. He doesn't need to move that fast because as the duel begins, Captain Woodpecker faces Moo Moo swishes uh, as, <laughs> as he carries out some fancy footwork and you see that under the moo one of captain woodpecker face's legs is made of jellyfish that listen to you <laughs> <laughs> i have a question i have a really important question though what's his moo is that his vulva <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what you mean by a moo it's like a big t-shirt dress <laughs> What do you mean? So, like, I have the whole of my wardrobe and a vulva confused now. <laughs> yes, that is what's happened. Yes, yes, Helen. <laughs> That's so strange. Uh, I'm very sorry. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so you think you've been dressing yourself in fannies all this time. <laughs> Fanny fashion. Thank you for clarifying one, a uh, moo moo. <laughs> Helen, I've just posted a link to the Wikipedia page for Moo Moo's. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I could have, I could have done that. I didn't. <laughs> Chris's face when I said Volvo was amazing. That was not what I was expecting. There are many things you could have said. Volvo wasn't one of them. Soft Skull, describe to us how how do you defeat Captain Woodpecker Face in a in a nose beak duel. Well, so stupidly, he comes at me straight on, and I duck underneath him, lightning quick, and I uppercut him with my sharp, hardened nose straight into his soft palate. He's dead now. <laughs> that would do it. That would indeed do it. Oh, God, all these jellyfish are all over the floor. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Selenius has uh, I have an idea of how to uh, to get rid of these compression shorts and perhaps Big Dodger at the same time Miss Selenius steps forward uh, and then backwards and then to the right and then whips out a shrink ray that only works on items smaller than a mini Mayfair <laughs> <laughs> thankfully 
these compression shorts are smaller than a mini Wayfair, <laughs> and we're about to see how compressed they can get. <laughs> oh. Dodge this, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Can we finish it now? Chris has won. <laughs> Miscellaneous fires the, uh, the shrink ray that only works on items smaller than a mini Mayfair at the compression socks that have been used in 13 10K runs. <laughs> yes, that is how many. Excellent. It looked, it looked like that. They were giving him extra dodging power. Yes, and, and they begin to compress... And they compress, and uh, they just keep keep going uh, until they are very much inside of him. If they oh compress God. so small, they fit through the pores of oh his God. skin and wrap around his uh, colon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so while, while he is still there, he can't poop. <laughs> Hi there. It looks like you've got a butterscotch cannon, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dick, I'm so sorry about your crotch. <laughs> butterscotch. Oh, butterscotch. Dick Dodger goes through a phase of having like a wasp waist as the compression shorts get tinier and tinier, and then they go inside him, and his ability to dodge seems to be seems to be depleted. Oh, the dicky bits. Uh... Jellyfish, I've got you covered. Jellyfish, just listen to my friend, Mr. Blibby. (laughs) (laughs) My friend, Mr. Blibby, he's like Mr. Blobby, but he keeps cutting out. (laughs) So you jellyfish won't ever know what to do. (laughs) The jellyfish surround Mr. Blibby. And you can you can tell though jellyfish has no visible ears, you can tell that they are attempting to listen to Mr. Blibby, but all the cutting out is just confusing <laughs> them. They can't tell what Mr. Blibby is trying to say. Oh, they just flop around at his feet until they die because they're on Earth. <laughs> they yeah, they used to be a leg. Now they're not a leg, <laughs> but they're still jellyfish. So I think they're fucked. I'm Dick Dodger. (laughs) You may have defeated Captain Woodpecker Face and made my shorts go inside my body and defeated all of those jellyfish that were listening to your secrets, but you'll never defeat me or Dr. Magna Hands. Bring it, bring it. I beg to differ. Jeff Goldblum has a solution to this particular problem. While you've been fighting all of my fellow friends, I have been microwaving to a heat beyond that of the center of the sun this wonderful (laughs) bowl full of melting tubular cheese. And uh, Jeff Goldblum throws the bowl of melting tubular cheese right into the eyes of this absolute wanker. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm hoping that it will kill him. Just straight up dead. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Ah, my eyes. Oh, you slag. Oh, you muppets. (laughs) You never defeat Dr. Magna Heads. And he melts like the cheese. It's an awful lot of tubular cheese. I keep a healthy stock. <laughs> I'd like to go, if he melted, I'd like to go and collect the small pair of compression pants <laughs> and add it to my miscellaneous collection. <laughs> Your miscellany. To my miscellany, yes. Just in my little, in my pocket. Little, little pocket of miscellany. That sounds so sinister. <laughs> it's 
my miscellany pocket. Do you want to? <laughs> you're going to step up and have a go at my miscellany pocket. Is that what we're calling it nowadays? Yes. <laughs> moo moo or miscellany pocket. <laughs> <laughs> One does not simply put things in one's miscellany pocket. <laughs> oh, no. If the shorts are going into your miscellany pocket, you've got a problem. <laughs> I've had one for about 30 minutes. I'm still working this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. I reckon that if we could beat up these minions so easy, like, we could take that magnet head woman pretty easy, you know? My voice is going already. I, I agree. As a man made entirely of bubble wrap, I'm surprisingly thin-skinned <laughs> and have been deeply insulted and offended by everything these minions have said. And I think we need to go and take this fight directly to Dr. Magnet Hands. Oh, God, you two, don't you feel terrible about what we did? <laughs> oh, Penguin of remorse. <laughs> I can't remember your name. But, no, I don't. I think we did the right thing. The poor jellyfish. <laughs> you can keep one as a pet if you want. They didn't want to be a leg. <laughs> could could we could we transport them to the aquarium before we leave? It seems like only the they seem to be the innocent party in all this. They've been transfixed by Mr. Blibby. <laughs> can Mr. Blibby live in the aquarium too? Is he an amphibian? They're already dead! Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. Uh, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> this is so stupid. Okay, there's only three scenes in the game. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking crying. <laughs> I don't want there to have any before scenes. <laughs> I think the penguin oh. of remorse needs to have a permanent place in the Millie Role Players canon. Yeah, I think that's great. Our next scene is all of you in space on the way to the moon to <gasps> defeat Dr. Magnet Hands. Ooh. So, how do you get into space? Space hopper. A giant <laughs> space hopper sounds amazing. <laughs> I like that idea. It's got space in the name, so it, it must bounces be a... really hard on the Earth and flies yeah. up into space. Into space in a space hopper. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. We can't change trajectory once we get into space. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's what the little antenna on top of oh, it don't work when you're on Earth, but in space, they fucking do. It's like a rudder system. So we join. The super team. Do you have a super team name? Anyone want to suggest one? The Butterscotch Crew. <laughs> <laughs> that seems rather self-involved. Oh. <laughs> Butterscotch Cannon has always been selfish. Maybe it should be something to do with the zoo. Zoo the Zookeeper's Alliance. <laughs> Zookeeper's Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there we go. That's it. We, we rejoined the Zookeeper's Alliance. <laughs> Scar, for short. <laughs> on, on their space hopper, as they, they ride the space hopper, all clinging on to the little dangly bits for dear life, on the way to the uh, radioactive rocket-powered moon castle of Dr. Magna Hands. As you are flying through the air, your 
super senses or instruments or just eyes pick up objects approaching. You realise that between you and the, the irradiated surface of the moon is, at first you think it's an asteroid field. Then you realise they're not asteroids. It's a whole bunch of mannequin arms and legs. <laughs> oh, creepy. What are you going to do about it? Well, that that reminds me, actually. I, I should have washed my hands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Soft skull is gross. Let me just get you a, a wet wipe from my miscellany pocket. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll just use that. <laughs> oh, guys, I think I can handle this. You see... <laughs> but it's got Kenan's powers to make friends. <laughs> oh, that's so pure. That's so pure. And by making friends, I mean I make them out of butterscotch. Oh, less pure. <laughs> and so I'm gonna make one of my best friends. <laughs> His friend. His name is. Oh, God, I don't know if I can say this. And I'm laughing my fucking ass off. His name is Lord... Mark <laughs> Quella Spitting Thighs. What? What? So, sorry, what? Deep breath, you can do this. <laughs> okay, his name... <laughs> Lord... <clears throat> As in the Almighty and Lord. <coughs> yep. Cock Queller. Cock Queller. Cock Queller. The Queller of Cocks. Ella, Ella, A, 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 Under oh my, my cock, cock Queller. <laughs> Splitting thighs. Oh. <laughs> okay. I think all of the rest of Brianna's songs apply to that bit. That yeah. Fine. So I'm going to make. Out of my copious <laughs> amounts of butterscotch, uh, my friend, Lord uh, Cockwater Spitting Thighs, <laughs> he's going to ride the space hopper, and he's going to bounce the space hopper off all the mannequin arms and legs that are coming our ways. He's going to ride it like a like a child rides a space hopper. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> I've been crying a little bit doing this. I'll be right back. I love to y'all. <laughs> Who wrote that one, please? Uh, Obviously, Dave. Dave. It's sort of visceral. I mean... He's had a couple of drinks. This is what it's like, constantly. It's a lot. It's very... Imagine saying that in that stupid fucking voice. <laughs> I don't need to. You did it. Uh, to be fair, I assume somebody would be that character, not make them out of butterscotch and mannequin arms. <laughs> I don't know that that makes it any better, Dave. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, Lord Cockquiller is going to ride the uh, <laughs> the space hopper through space. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the the field of mannequin arms and legs is is dealt with. It is defeated by Lord Cockquiller sp- <laughs> splitting thighs. <laughs> you see, that's why I like to make friends. Because they can always help out in a variety of situations. Of what? A variety of situations, <laughs> I said. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Once you're past that, you see approaching the second line of defence. 
Is it? It can't be. It is. It's a big pile of spontaneously combusting bagels. <laughs> if you fly into that, they're going to spontaneously combust and burn you all up. How are they doing that in the vacuum of space? Who knows? It's science. I think I've got this, guys. Um, one of my special powers is being able to generate a horrible moose. <laughs> <laughs> that seems derivative. Yep. And it's... Um... Quick question about yep. this moose. Is it yep. moose the animal or moose the... Food stuff. Based on the spelling, moose the food stuff. <laughs> oh. or, or hair stuff, I guess. Or hair, oh, or hair yeah, stuff. good point. I've interpreted it to be a, uh, it would have been an edible moose if it wasn't so horrible. Uh, yeah. But now, not so much. Like it's off. I think I'm going to um, fire that horrible moose at each of the bagels to try and neutralise their fire. Vicky, is it spelt horrible with an O? No, that's just how I'm choosing to say oh, it. Oh, right, okay. I thought <laughs> someone had just really... Had done that, and then you've really committed to the. No, no, the, I've just overinterpreted. <laughs> it's, it's an horrible moose. <laughs> yeah, each time a globule of moose collides with a bagel, it immediately puts the fire out, and the bagel just spins off into into space. If anyone wants to catch one and eat one, I think it probably would be edible, but not very tasty. Oh God, it tastes so bad. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna regret eating that, mate. <laughs> You are through the mannequin arms and legs. You are through the spontaneously combusting bagel field. <laughs> Waiting for you on the other side of the spontaneously combusting bagel field are two more of uh, Dr. Magnet Hands's henchmen, uh, wearing space suits, bubble helmets, with a, a banner strung between them saying, you will never defeat Dr. Magnet Hands. Obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> you recognize these as, uh, as your, old, your old foes. Captain Near Miss... And barrel baron fumble pants. <laughs> <laughs> you very exacting villain. Okay, so what I would like to do is <laughs> I forgot about your voice. I forgot about that. My extendable eyebrows just straight up like a um I find this very offensive, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like a missile at the banner and they both do twirly using your extendable eyebrows you can you can take out one of the two either Captain Near Miss or Baron Fumblepants who would you like to defeat with your eyebrows I assumed I would have to Near Miss Near Miss rather than (laughs) actually hit Near Miss (laughs) Is that their weakness? If you if you score a near miss on them, then you've taken their name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> with a, a near miss of the extendable eyebrows on Captain Near Miss, Captain Near Miss is left without an identity. Wait, but if, but I, oh no. And just spins off into space, having an identity crisis. <laughs> Baron Fumblepants still trailing the You Will Never Defeat Dr. Magnahan's banner. Jetpacks towards the space hopper <laughs> and from inside the spacesuit brandishes a beautiful painting by Bob Ross. 
guys, I I think I can I can get this 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 one um, for you. So Soft Skull wanders to the entrance to the space hopper. Um, we're travelling inside the space hopper, right? No, we're we're outside. We're outside it. We, we said we were trailing on its uh, on its wobbly. Okay. Things. <laughs> Teats. Teats. Yes, on its teats, they have teats. <laughs> the space hopper's teats. <laughs> More like udders, surely. <laughs> We've called it the space cow. Thanks for, thanks for uh, confirming the rudder udders that thing. Yes. What I do is I take my bucket full of crab. <laughs> I just piff it straight into his face. And because he's he's such a fumbly pants, huh? <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't know what to do with that many crabs. All oh. clicking at him. Oh. Get off. He's got crabs in his pants. He does now. He didn't before. Before the bucket full of crabs. He might have done. You don't know. His personal issues, isn't this it? This is a good point. He might have had an STI. But he's got big crabs now. He got, he got real crabs. Mm. Oh, God, the crabs, the brethren of the sea. Why do we keep killing all of the sea creatures? <laughs> Baron Fumblepants tries to get the crabs out of his pants, but he can't. He's too fumbly with them. Crabs, no! <laughs> and they snip and snip at his spacesuit, and all the air starts shutting out, and he spins and twirly-whirlies away. Should have known they would use but that painting by Bob Ross is still in your way, <laughs> drifting towards you. I oh, know. A be- beautiful Bob Ross landscape between you and the moon. Oh, hell. <laughs> I think I can probably deal with this one, fellas. Ah, uh, scotch. I hope you haven't got any more friends. I've got one more friend I can try. <laughs> uh, as you know, my power is making friends. <laughs> <laughs> and my new friend I'm going to make... Here's a friend card. <laughs> Lady. <clears throat> Lady Carnivorous of Dangletown. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing that's not a Dave creation. No? Oh. Oh, oh it's Helen. <laughs> well, Lady Carnivorous, she's an art critic, baby. <laughs> she's like, artwork because she knows what she's talking about. And uh, out of butterscotch appears a very refined-looking lady just standing in space. <laughs> <laughs> and she critiques Bob Ross's work and says, that yeah, happy, happy little, little tree, tree shouldn't be there. Why is that perfectly cloud up here? That's completely the wrong place. And she starts to destroy the painting one piece at a time because of Bob Ross's formulaic art style. <laughs> Oh, sick burn. Oh, yeah. Coming for the giants in this game. That's about $15,000. But yeah, well done, Lady Carnivorous. You take that painter to Dangletown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Bob, I'm so sorry. I really like your art. <laughs> she does. She takes that painting down, and now there is nothing standing between you and the moon. Yes. yes. Uh, 
Era plink plink plank. Plink plink plank. 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 Please be true. Plink plank. Plink plank. This has been Dr. Magnet Hands, a studio production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Dave as the Penguin of Constant Remorse, Alex Pankhurst as Soft Skull, Ellie Pitkin as Jeff Goldblum, Chris Starkey as Butterscotch Cannon, Helen Stratton as Super Static Man, Strat as Miss Selenius, Vicky as Bubble Wrap Man, and Natalie Winter as Superman. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, the main theme is by Alex Pankhurst, and the closing theme is performed by Ellie Pitkin and Chris Starkey. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play Dr. Magnet Hands and her cronies, as well as editing and producing this episode. Dr. Magnet Hands is a role-playing game for drunk people, created by Grant Howitt from Rowan, Rook and Deckard. You can find Dr. Magnet Hands and many other fine games at rrdgames.com. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. Blink, 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 blink,